Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Attention all campers! The All-American Spook Show welcomes you to enroll in Camp Spook Show this summer. We have activities for all ages, including archery, canoeing, swimming, and running for your lives. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Donnie, Kurt, Will, and the Professor Smoke. And today we're uh, we're celebrating Independence Day with something a little different. Uh, this was Donnie's choice. It was his turn in the rotation and he decided to choose Never Hike Alone from 2017. Now it's unique because this is the first time on the show that we've uh, talked about a fan film. This wasn't like a studio production uh, you know, released in theaters, for-profit kind of thing. It's basically just a a, a, a a passion project, right? Like, no one really made any money off of it. It's it's a non-sanctioned Friday the 13th movie. I, I dare say it's probably easily the shortest movie we've ever talked about, right? I don't think we've talked about anything that was less than 54 minutes long, right? Well, there was plenty of things that should have been that should not have been as long as, long as they were. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, this would be the shortest. If I if I remember correctly, I believe our longest episode we ever did was the uh, Monster Squad episode. I think I don't have all the TRTs, you know, the total run times in front of me. Um, if it wasn't the longest, it was definitely one of like you know, it's number two or three. Uh, it seems like we went pretty long on that Jaws episode or whatever, but the point is, is that I, I make that point is because this movie is less than half of the episode where we just talked about Monster Squad. So <laughs> I, I might even, it might, it may not even be a, a stretch that by the time we're done talking about this, we may talk about it a little longer than the movie itself. So, um, but yeah, it, it's unique in that way. Um, but we'll get into it in just a second, you know, what our thoughts of it and everything. Uh, if this is the first time you've listened to us, we appreciate it. We are a spoiler-filled podcast. I'm just going to put that out on Front Street. Um, so we, we are going to, you know, if you haven't seen it, uh, go ahead and pause this. Go over to YouTube. Type in Never Hike Alone. It should be pretty easy to find. Like I said, it's only 54 minutes long. Give it a watch and then come back, you know, and listen to us uh, talk about the background information and our thoughts and everything. So we also have a, a vast library of, 114 other episodes that we recommend you should go back and listen to. So all, all that stuff's there. And we do a number of different things now. Like over the last few months, we've added a couple little sub-series. So basically the the, uh, the thing that we do now is every two weeks we do a horror review. This is one of those. And then in, the, in between we have other sub-series that we do, such as Spook Show Spotlights, which we just did last week, uh, that kind of ties into this and doesn't, where we talked about Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller that's the writer-director-producer combo of the original Friday the 13th film. And we talked about the whole legal drama where they were suing each other over the copyrights and the rights to Jason and the, and the Friday the 13th series and everything. So if you want to listen to 
a little bit of a deep dive on that. Smoke and I did that last week, so go back in the archives and check that out. But every other week we do those. We do cannon fodder, which is we pick a, uh, by various means, we'll pick a random cannon film and we'll talk about those. And uh, uh, I'm blanking on, what's the other series that we do? Oh, Colt Corner. I can't believe I forgot it. Uh, that one is where we basically just, uh, once again, by various means, choose a, 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 a popular cult movie and the whole, or one of the caveats there is that it can't be a horror movie. So we just pick popular comedies, action movies, you know, whatever other, other genre cult movies. And we talk about those. And then of course, over on, over on patreon.com, one of our big, big sales over there is we have crapster piece theater every month. We run a poll on our socials, Twitter. Facebook, all that, and you guys choose what we watch over on Crafts for Peace Theater that's exclusive to Patreon, patreon.com slash show. So uh, in the month of June, our latest one was Ernest Goes to Camp. As of the recording of this, we haven't figured out exactly what the Crafts for Peace Theater, number five, there's been four other turds already, number five, <laughs> is going to be for the month of July, so... Uh, you know, kick around our socials and all that, and, and that's where we'll make the announcement of what's going to be for the month of July. But it will be Camp Spook Show related. I think that's going to be the last uh, Camp Spook Show related Crapster Piece Theater episode that we do. And by the way, I, I, I didn't mention off the front, this is, we are continuing Camp Spook Show, the whole theme of the summer, all the way up uh, into the month of August. I believe it's uh, the August 8th episode, so about a, another month or so from now. Uh, we're, we're, our, our whole theme of the summer is Camp Spook Show, where all the movies that we talk about, whether it's cult, crap, horror, everything that we do, they're all summer camp related. So that's why Ernest Goes to Camp was last month's crapster piece. And that's why, uh, once again, we talk, we're talking today about Never Hike Alone. So it's, so it's, it's part of the Friday, Friday the 13th franchise, but not really. It's a, it's a, a, a completely, uh, unsolicited, I guess, <laughs> sequel that, uh, you know, just some people decided to get together and make. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I thought a little bit of the usual information before we get into the background and everything. If you want to contact us, uh, you can do so at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Like I said, all of our, our Voss socials over on our YouTube channel, every Wednesday night live, we do deadline horror news, uh, 9 p.m. Wednesday nights, where we talk about the latest horror headlines. So you want to check that out. We also have a T Public page uh, where you can go get logoed merchandise and other cool designs that we have there. So we encourage you to do that. So uh, without any further buildup, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Never Hike Alone. Hey guys day 12 and a beautiful one at that so today's mission find the lake this train's looking a little treacherous but uh, i'm trying to make my way nothing's stopping me all right i'll check in with you guys later kyle out
right, so there's the trailer for Never Hike Alone. So uh, I, I'll note now too, you may you may or may not have heard some noise in the background. Uh, Smoke is on location. Uh, you, you're going to, you're down in the Columbia area, or something, right, Smoke? Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> might hear a little bit of background noise. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you may or may not hear anything, but it's there because he's he's on the road. And uh, Donnie, you're over uh, doing some like dog setting or something, right? So yes. you've got dogs in the background. So yeah. uh, so it's not our usual setup. So if you hear some weird noises in the background, that's what it is. Don't don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway, the, the that we shot or that we not shot that we recorded was uh well the burning when we did that I was also on location, but I that would have been more fitting had we done had I been where I was when we were recording this one because. That was, you know, this is called Never Hike Alone, and I was basically yeah. hiking, hiking yeah, but, in the woods. Yeah. yeah, by the way, we didn't address that last episode, but you are safe, because at, at the end of that episode, we were we were wondering whether you were safe or not, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, tried, I was asking y'all if y'all remember this free or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he made it out. I mean, we didn't address that last week, but uh, Smoke's safe and sound. We're all good, and we're all here, so... <laughs> So yeah, never hike alone. Uh, Donnie, I thought to you, is this the first time you've seen this? I actually, yes, this was the first time I watched it. But uh, uh, similar to, um, I be, well, I know uh, Willie just kind of chose the, um, you know, you might be the killer based on the trailer. I actually chose this based on the trailer as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, this looks interesting, and you know, given the. Uh, I, and at the time, I didn't know we were doing a Spook Show Spotlight on uh, Sean S. Cunningham yeah. and uh, Vic Miller. I didn't know it. I mean, you know, I, I had already picked this by the time that that was decided. It just happened to be that. But, Ser- um, serendipity. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, it, 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 it works perfectly. And, you know, we, we yeah. the only one we've ever done here on the, on the podcast is the first Friday the 13th. And, you know, I'm sure eventually, very soon, you know, sooner or later, We'll get around to the other Friday the Thirteenth. We've been dipping our toes in and out of the. Uh, well, we we did pretty much all. Well, not not pretty much. We did all of the Conjuring universe movies. We we've done that entire series up up to you know current, and we have watched the first three Hellraiser movies. Those have been the only big franchise, the only big series that we've really talked about. So we, uh, so we, we, can, we can pretty much stop after the first three Hellraiser movies, right? <laughs> we're probably we're probably gonna wish we did. <laughs> I'm sure the, f- the further down the road we get. So, yeah, anyway, so you know, this is kind of a way to get back into it by proxy, kind of, right? You know, <laughs> a little bit. Um, Will, is this the first time you've seen it? Yeah, first time I've seen it, first time I've ever heard of it. I had heard of it, but I hadn't watched it. It seems like I might have started watching it one day, and it's like, oh, there's, there it is. It's on YouTube. I might have watched, like, the first five minutes or something, and, like, yeah, I'll get to that later, and just never went back to it. No, this is the first time I'd watched it. I'd heard about it, and I'd... And I'd when it first came out, I said, I got to get around, I got to watch that. And I never got around to watch it. Now I didn't realize that when we were doing this and I was looking it up, that that was back in 2017. Yeah. So it's been, what, five years since yeah. the movie came out? And it doesn't feel like, like, I remember when they announced that they were making, or that it was a thing. And, uh, yeah, I never got to it until now. <laughs> yeah, it was, the movie was released October 13th, 2017. So I'm going to assume that was probably on a Friday, I would imagine. Uh, maybe not, but either way, it was on October 13th, 2017. It was. I looked at it. I found out some information on that. It was released, but I was not uh, Friday the 13th. Because they were talking about Jason's birthday. 
And then his birthday, though, however, would would have fallen in uh, it was a uh, in 1946, the day they said it was in the movie, would have actually been a Thursday, I believe, the 13th. <laughs> if you know, if it, literally that year, 1946, when he was supposedly born on a Friday, the 13th, it was a Thursday, the 13th. This movie was uh, directed by Vincente DeSanti. And uh, he also uh, was one of the writers of the screenplay, along with Nathan McLeod. Vincente DeSante, uh, he he they actually did a, he he was a producer on this, but he also he also directed. There was another one of these. Actually, there's two other two more. One hasn't come out yet, but there was another one that came out in 2020 that he did called "Never Hike in the Snow." Was three months prior to the events of the one that we just watched. So mm. that is, I guess it's kind of a sequel prequel to the one that he made. And then um, there's another one that is apparently in pre-production that I think is slated to come out at some point this year called Never Hike Alone 2, Never Hike Again. Of course, there is a another one called Never Hike Alone, The Ghost Cut, a Friday the 13th fan film anthology where there are some, uh, or I guess they took this one, Never Hike in the Snow, and then uh, another one called Disappear. I guess it's segments of that, so I'm not sure exactly uh, that one. Uh, yeah, that's an hour and 22 minutes, so I don't know exactly what they did there. Maybe they just kind of chopped them up and made it like an anthology type of thing with some other with some other uh, you know, fan film created type stuff. But yeah, that's basically what he will be known for. I mean, he was a producer on Pathosis. Another, uh, another one called 13 Fanboy. So it really looks like it's like fan film type stuff that it looks like this guy's worked on. Of course, they have to give credit to Sean S. Cunningham and Victor Miller because these are the characters and Ron Kurz. I think that's because of the, the, the tie-in with Tommy Jarvis. But it stars Drew Lighty as Kyle McLeod. He has 12 acting credits over on IMDb, uh, best known for The Return, Freya, and Submission. Um, he, I, think, I think he does, you know, basically this is kind of a one-man show really up to a point. Um, so I think the dude does a pretty good job, you know, throughout the throughout the film. Vincente DeSante plays Jason Voorhees himself in this movie. Katie Schwartz and Robert Dubois are Denny and Axel, the two ambulance drivers towards the end. And then the third one, of course, is Tom Matthews as reprising his role as Tommy Jarvis. Now, you know, Donnie, I'm sure we'll get to the Crip connections later, but he does have another connection. Uh, to the spook show and that he was Freddy in Return of the Living Dead. Mm. Which I don't remember all right off the top of my head what episode that was. That was a while. Okay, that was episode five. So that was a long time ago when we did that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in that. But <clears throat> of course, he would best be known for playing Tommy Jarvis in uh, Friday 13th Part 6, right, Smoke? Yep, yep. First time we've seen Tommy back since, since that, movie, that movie. Part 6 was the last time he was in a, you know, that character was in a Friday 13th. But he he's been in a lot of other uh, fan favorite movies like Blood Match, uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. He's in that. Uh, he's got forty six acting credits, so he's not he's not been super busy over the years. But a lot of the things that he has been you know in are huge for uh, uh, horror fans and sci fi fans and stuff like that. So he's done a lot of things that fans of the Spook Show would probably be uh, well versed with a lot of his work. But this one uh, this movie was uh, like I said when it was released. Uh, it's not rated because it is a fan film, and the total runtime is only 54 minutes. Over on IMDb, it's got a rating of 6.8 out of 10 stars, and that's 20, over 23,000 ratings. But that's a, that's about it as far as the usual aggregates, because I couldn't find um, anything else. Uh, like I, I don't even think uh, 
they had anything for it over on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to add before we kind of do the, the usual roundtable discussion? Yeah, um, the one thing I, I did uh, find that it, it cost um, it cost less than twenty thousand dollars to make. That being said, man, I think that, considering that they did a fucking awesome job on it. Oh, certainly, certainly. It's a it's a shame they didn't make any. Uh, or I'm sorry, they couldn't make any money off of this. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't sanctioned, so really to speak. Well yeah. Done. yeah, no doubt. I mean, and we'll get we'll get into our star ratings and our our overall thoughts of it. You know, after we uh, have the little discussion about it. Um, right. But yeah, I think it it looks good. It doesn't look like a movie that was made for twenty thousand dollars. That's that's yeah. for damn sure. You think about fan fan made films a lot of times. You don't you don't think of production values. This movie for twenty thousand dollars, it had decent production values. I mean, those opening shots of the I guess that was shot with a a drone. I would camera, imagine, yeah. I would assume, but I mean, shots that you can make with a drone camera these days look like the old school shots of like that they used to have a have a, have a helicopter for basically. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jeb or something. Just a steady everything too. Kind of. Um, reminiscent a little bit of like some of the shots from The Shining, a little bit, you know, with the the forest. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I was thinking that exact same thing when they're going up to the Overlook Hotel in the beginning. Yeah, and and like you pointed out, they did that for twenty grand and a, and probably a drone. I would imagine you know things like this are like you know like I said earlier, passion projects. So you know people probably start chipping in. You know, like oh well, I'll do this. You know, I, I can do this. I can do this for free. That kind of thing. So you know. It wouldn't cost as much as it normally would to make something like this when they're basically doing it for fun, as opposed to you know a full studio production kind of thing. So it becomes more of a labor of love, and every everybody's willing to work for cheap or free. So that cuts down on your budget right there. All right. So the the usual thing that we do is we go over to IMDb, and I'll read some plot summaries that people put up. Um, you've got the generic one that I guess is just you know what IMDb put up. It's a hiker's survival skills are put to the test. When he stumbles upon the remains of an old abandoned camp and discovers its long dark secrets, uh, this one was posted by Timo Bentham. What a name! It reads: A hiker runs through the woods and run in. Uh, here we go with the IMDb um, grammar again. A hiker runs through the woods and runs his second language. Yeah. <laughs> and run into the. I'm just going to read it the way it's put, and then you can just decipher it yourself. A hiker runs through the woods and run into the remains of recreational camp Crystal Lake. The camp is we all known as the home for the Friday the 13th episodes throughout the years. Apparently, Jason still resides there as the hiker soon discovers. After that, it's Jason at its best again as he joins up with his favorite weapon, the machete. Will the hiker survive or not? That's the question. So far, only one ever did. Not even Freddy Krueger. God, good lord. That is bad. Yeah, thanks to Timo Bentham uh, for that gold nugget there. So yeah, well, who wants to get started on this one? Never hiking along. Uh, Donnie, this was your choice, so I guess you can uh, you can get you can kickstart us here. You know, kind of like I alluded to to earlier. Like, you know, I I know that this was a fan film, but it doesn't really look like a fan. No, film. it doesn't no. look like it was. You know, we we talked about the budget. It doesn't really look like. You know, they were, you know, fighting for scraps or anything. It looks really well done, and they did a really good job. Um, I mean, even if you consider, I mean, $20,000 is not a lot of money if you're uh, um, if not, you're looking to make a movie. No, no, that's, that's you know? nothing at all, really. 
that's paltry. Yeah. You know, but, uh, like I said, that's um, people working yeah. for free, I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it looks great. Kind of like a uh, GoPro and modernized, I guess, for, uh, I guess, vloggers or, you know, uh, just kind of a different kind of bring it, bringing into, uh, well, I mean, yeah, it was five years ago, but still, it's, it's still kind of current event, current, uh, technology, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's definitely timely with the way that everybody is kind of drifting over to watching, uh, content providers on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, like, like if it, it felt natural, like if you, if you watch, you know, YouTube bloggers, you know, talk about whatever they're, they're doing, I mean, it felt very natural as far as, uh, as far as all those go. I mean, I thought it was really well put together. I thought I thought at first there for a, a, a little bit that we were going to kind of go the found footage way, and and it does have a little bit of that feel to it because yeah. of, because what the guy is, you know, he's a vlogger or whatever. Um, but it, it's not a found footage movie, so I was happy to see that they didn't completely go that direction, you know. Yeah, they kind of pulled away from uh, doing a complete Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, and, and like even during some of that, you know, there were some like set shots over the side. Yeah. And, I, and sure. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And I don't have a huge beef with found footage movies. I just think they're a little played out. You know, so I was like, oh, okay, well, there's your budget. You know, they're just going to shoot it on Zoom, you know. <laughs> or they're just, <laughs> just going to make it clear that, well, we're shooting this shit with GoPros, so we're just going to go with it, you know. But no, they they didn't lean too much into that. So, you know, I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah I think at they the don't. end of the day, they, they didn't... I guess the reason I keep bringing Blair Witch and, and even... Uh, uh, Oh God, uh, Cloverfield. You know, mm. it, it didn't focus too much on the shake. Yeah, it's like it, th- those movies were over the top with the shake, where it was to the point difficult to watch. It's only there because it would make sense for it to be there. You know, in this movie, like you know, when Jason, you know, fucking picks him up or uh, throw him out of the window and stuff like that, and he's scrambling for right. the camera. Like these are all things that make sense. You know, it's not, it's not just running around and crying like Blair Witch. You know. <laughs> To, just to compare, the only to me the only time it felt kind of like a fan film, honestly, was when the the first two ambulance drivers show up, like towards the end, because their acting wasn't quite up to uh, the main guy, yeah. you know, Drew Lady. It didn't feel like I thought that dude did a really good job. I, mean, I could see him in other shows and movies and stuff, but they were kind of, you know, I don't know. And, and Luckily, I, it was brief. At least for me, at least for me, with that, you didn't notice how good he was. He felt natural in in, in, yeah. in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Until they show up, and then <laughs> once they show up, and I hate to you know crap on somebody doing a fan film, but once they show up, it really drew your attention to what this guy had been doing before all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was better when he, like I said, he was basically a one man show because you know wh- whoever's Jason, let's face it, he, 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 there's not much acting going on. He just has to act like a you know fucking maniac and has to stalk around and kill people, right? Like, there's not much acting there. Um, so he's basically acting by himself until they show up, you know, towards the end. And not to knock, uh, on, not to knock on Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis, but that was a little... I mean, it was cool just having him there and knowing the natural ties and everything, right, to the actual movies. But, you know, this wasn't necessarily, you know, the greatest thing, you know, the greatest acting job in the world either. But, you know, it was fine. I guess, I guess my biggest question with this movie is the whole ending. What's real, what's not? Well, 
I think uh, one of the most awesome scenes in the movie is not real, and that's when Jason grabs a hold of his head and smashes it like a you know. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, like watermelon. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he pulled a Gallagher on him with his hands and, <laughs> and smashed his fucking head. Like, but he crushes it, and <laughs> you know that 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 was one of the cooler scenes of the movie. But it was it didn't happen. That was clearly, obviously, a dream sequence, right? Because he's out of it. And then there's the other the other scene where like he's strapped into the gurney, into the gurney, and then all of a sudden he like looks up, and Jason's like, it's just like the gurney out in the middle of the forest, and Jason's standing at his feet. And then comes down with the knife, right? Then he wakes up again. So there's two dream sequences, but I think everything else happened. But how, I guess my, my question is, how did the ambulance get there? Cutting how did for- anybody find him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if there was some weird plot thing that they 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 shot and uh, that explained that, and then they cut it out, why? It's a fucking fan film. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, that again, you know, you also think about YouTube as far as... Um, uh, now, granted, I don't know the requirements for YouTube and ads and all of that. I don't know if uh, you know if you have a a, a a video that's over an hour, maybe you have to have a certain number of ads on, or maybe I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't, know. Maybe. I don't think so. No but you know, as far as in the movie is concerned, I, I thought you were going to say maybe he was live streaming. I didn't read it. I didn't see it like he was live streaming anything. Right? Like it seemed to me like. He's just shooting this stuff, and then like he's gonna go take it yeah. home and put it together, all his yeah. all his vlog footage of hiking, you know, and everything that he's yeah, doing. I don't there. think he was live streaming because I thought you were gonna go down the path of like, well, he's live streaming, so maybe somebody saw this and well, and I, then they called the I cops or some shit. But. Filmmaker side, uh, as far as you know, maybe there there's a reason why they cut out, you know, five mass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it is in a rural area that he's in right he's in an area where there is no trespassing it's a camp that's clearly been shut down and quote-unquote fenced off don't want people messing around over there something happens to him and then all of a sudden an ambulance with three in the middle of nowhere with three ambulance you know (laughs) like a driver and two medics just randomly show up and save him it is a little too convenient yeah no paved road it's just uh, all dirt road (laughs) yeah we're, we're also kind of talking about the end at the beginning of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're at the, <laughs> we're at the round table discussion here. Well, Let's face yeah, it, with yeah. this movie, there's not a lot. There are certain things to talk about, but it's not it's not a long movie. And yeah, most yeah. of it's just him running around. I mean, like, what, it's, you're, a, 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 what, at least 20 to 25 minutes in before really anything happens of true note it's mostly just this guy kyle hiking and shooting himself out in the woods and then talking about I mean, he comes across camp crystal lake and talks about how like all oh, this shit happened here years ago and here i am yeah. you know, he seems to know about yeah yet doesn't yeah hold any yeah like what the fuck like I, i'm i'm he's well aware of this situation and what this place is and what happened there and everything but fuck it i'm gonna I'm going to poke around here anyways, but that's, I mean, that's the first 30 minutes or at least what, at least 25 minutes of the movie right there. So there's really not much to discuss there, you know? (laughs) And even when all that stuff is going on, you know, he'll be like looking down at his phone or his bag or something. You'll see Jason in the, in the foreground of the shot. It's like, Oh, oh, something's about to happen. And then he'll look up. Jason's not there. Yeah. (laughs) But then I'll show Jason, you know, like 15 feet behind him, like looking through a tree. Why would he do that? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, Jason's <laughs> always had that magical teleportation power too. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it's it's a joke, but not really a joke. It's you know, in those movies, that is kind of the way it is. Like what the fuck, and then he's gone. You know, magically. He, like you, you definitely would have heard that. You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's always been the thing about Jason, too. It's like, is he, it seems like he's fucking with him, but he's really fucking with him? Like, is he that smart? I don't know. And I think, <laughs> then we get deep into the uh, weeds of, uh, um, what was the movie that we all liked uh, about, about slashers? Oh, Behind the Mask. Yeah, Behind the Mask. Yeah. Now, now you're getting into that territory, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he really had to work out for this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how hard yeah. it is to, to, to walk at a fast enough pace to keep up with somebody running? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, he wasn't walking. He was stomping around like fucking tears. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like, not only is he stomping, but they, the sound effects. <laughs> they got a hold of a sound effect library and just went to town on this one, man. Like, boom, <laughs> boom. Like you said, it's, it's like the Jurassic Park water scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what he sounded like. Yeah. There was like even the the exaggerated machete sword sound. Like anytime he'd pull it out, like it sounded like you know <laughs> He Man pulling Still out will. the power sword or some shit. You know, like. <laughs> now, I will say this: like like uh, when he's walking through the the uh, the cabins and all yeah. that, yeah. there was like really cool callbacks. Oh yeah, to all that like like you could you could definitely tell like they went through and like like watch some scenes before putting this together. Like the, the, the one that really popped into my head first was, uh, the scene where Kevin Bacon bites it, you know, like, and they mm-hmm. kind of focus on, Hey, here's, here's a mattress blood all over here, mm-hmm. over to the side. That, that was something I really like enjoyed with that movie. Now smoke, you might know the timeline of things a little better than, uh, all of us. Where do you think this lands? Obviously, it's after six, I guess, right? Because Tommy Jarvis. It's refreshment time. And our refreshment stand is loaded with good things to eat. There's crispy, crunchy popcorn. And hot, delicious, buttered popcorn. Lots of candy. And frosty, refreshing, cold drinks. Why not treat yourself at the refreshment center now? Does I mean, I just, I'm just asking, is this in a world where... Like six, and then this kind of thing sometime later on, or what do you think? Uh, well, I don't, I, I don't know exactly where where he's going with it, but other than the first movie where they mention Pamela Voorhees and actually have here's another thing they did was have the those little ribbons with the numbers on it, which were yeah, like the kill, uh, yeah, like kill uh, uh, yeah, the crime scene tape kind of thing where these were the murders would have happened, right? Yeah, they corresponded to like where bodies were in the first movie. His mask, though. Uh, <laughs> Now this is a, this is a uh, what do you call it? Like a meticulous kind of thing that no, not many people would probably notice or care too much about unless you're like <laughs> hardcore Friday Thirteenth fan. But unless you're like us, yeah, yeah, it, it didn't have any uh, markings to indicate who that it came from because all the you know the mask first appeared in part three and then the, the same mask in part four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mask that had the red chevron. Yep. On the fore, the red chevron on the forehead, and then two little small red chevrons on the cheek of the mask. Those weren't even on this mask at all. They had none of that. It was just, you know, it looked like the mask other than that, pretty much. It had some wear and tear stuff, but it didn't have the axe mark in the, where it would have been from part three after he got chopped in the head at the end of part three and it showed up part four. It had the axe chopping it in the mask. Uh, of course, part five was <laughs> Roy, right? <laughs> so, uh, 
that was a different mask. That was the blue mask. Well, it, it was a white mask with a blue chevron. Then you had part six when Tom, where Tommy Jarvis by Tom Matthews shows up and uh, is going to make sure that Jason's dead. He brings a hockey mask with him conveniently enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know. As you as you would if you're if you're bringing if you're bringing someone back to life just to make sure they're dead. Oh yeah, yeah. You make sure you have to get it. You know, after he does come back to life, conveniently takes it, and boom, there you go. He's got his mask. Yeah. But no, this mask doesn't match any prior mask from any of the other movies, other than the basic design. Looks like it. And Tommy's showing up from part six, and he his name is Tommy Jarvis. But also that's kind of weird because he was so sketchy and paranoid about. Being near Crystal Lake anyway, he's just going there strictly to make sure Jason was dead in part six. And then when he brings him back to life inadvertently, he tries to, you know, he makes sure he stays there enough to kill, you know, to make sure he's dead again by, you know, putting the border around his neck and basically burying him in Crystal Lake itself. And then I guess he takes off at that point. But you, you would think that he either would be patrolling that area and making sure that, I mean, you think that he would have known about the events that happened in part seven, part eight, part. Yeah. <laughs> So, when Jason took almost, Manhattan, it would have been news. Yeah, yeah, you would, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so you would think he would be either patrolling, he would be staring to, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe there's your explanation for why the ambulance is there. Maybe he yeah. doesn't have a job as a cop or security guard or anything else. He's an ambulance driver, but he's maybe he patrols the uh, yeah. lake area. And you know that did kind of cross my mind. I was like, wait a minute, it's Tommy Jarvis, which is cool. You know, it is cool to have Tommy Jarvis in the movie. Like that's a really cool, you know, touch, and and I'm glad they could do that and everything. But I did think that uh, Will earlier when you were talking about, well, how the hell did the ambulance get there? Maybe that's how. Maybe like because Tommy has this history, he just randomly patrols to see if anybody's out there or something. You know, maybe it, it would either be that, or it would be, or Tommy would be nowhere near that damn place. Yeah, I, I tend to <laughs> like believe that just because common sense. But you know, in, in this world that they have made here, you know, we're trying to figure out why. You know, <laughs> so maybe that's it. Who knows? The only thing I can think of, that, but other than that, I think I guess he's just kind of leaving. He's not trying to make it canon, you know, fit into the Friday Thirteenth. No, canon and you don't there. have to, and you don't have to. I was just, you know, kind of just for conversation's sake, really trying to fit where this might fit, you know. And two, obviously, because of Tommy Jarvis, it has to be after six or seven, right? And clearly, sometime well after that too, because Tommy is old. Tommy's way older, right? So. He's probably in his early fifties. Yeah, I mean, like, looked yeah. early to mid. So you would have to think this is like, oh, uh, you know, twenty, twenty-five years later, after whatever happened in six and seven or whatever, you would think. Yeah. You know, if, if they're were, trying to place it. If they were by the actual time this movie came out, let's say, you know, and Jason was born in nineteen forty-six, this movie came out in twenty seventeen. How? What's that? What would? How old would Jason be? I'm not that great with math either. Well, like seventy, something like that. So early seventies. Early seventies. Something like that. It sounds about right. But also, speaking of Jason, you know, when he gets his mask knocked off and you see his teeth, yeah. it's almost like you can't, you can't determine what he is. You can't determine if he's pre-zombie Jason or post-zombie Jason. You know? I mean, he definitely doesn't yeah. look as zombie-fied as he did in part uh, six, seven, or eight. Mm -hmm. You know, that, like, decaying and stuff in the face, like when he was buried and, you know, and then like, like we talked about, Tommy dug him up to make sure he's dead. And, of course, he's half decayed mm -hmm. at that point and from the rest of the movies on. He didn't look that decayed in this. He looked, he looked like he could have been in part three or four, you know, where he's still alive. Yeah, yeah he he looks a little, uh, I mean, obviously he's deformed, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, you really can't see how how far in, um, you know, 
decayed status he is. No. That's, but I will say to that, I think that's one of the good things of the job that they did there. I think it's a pretty, oh, it's a, it's a fine enough makeup job, right? On the, you know the, the whole face, his face and everything. But I think the best part about it is they didn't stay on it too long. They stay with it long yeah. enough for you to see it. And like, oh shit, you know his face is all fucked up. Then they get over it, or they get off of it, and he puts his mask on. You know, so <laughs> just because you didn't have to stare at it too long, I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, but as far as we yeah, where it fits, I don't know. It's up to. <laughs> It's up to interpretation, I guess. You got to figure Tommy Jarvis from Part Six is in there, so it would have to be after Part Six, I guess. Then. Yeah, and there might be some interview with, uh, you know, Vincenti Desanti, uh, somewhere out there, something where he says, "Well, I think it's kind of around this time period, maybe, or something." Or, well, I, I tend to believe because it is a fan film, you know, maybe don't dwell on it too long and just, you know, kind of enjoy it for what it is. I think it's just like here's an excuse to have a a cool little Jason story at Camp Crystal Lake. You get to see him. You get to see him fuck a couple people up the end. You know, that's at this point, that's really all we need out of anything Jason related, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, with one guy in the woods, you kind of needed more to have, you know, a little bit of, uh, I mean, you needed more um, participation to have, you know, any sort of kill count. But, mm. Yeah, I mean, but I, I do think I this is the way you that. pull it off without having a, a, a quote unquote short film kind of even though it's almost feature length. I don't know what the what the dividing line is between short film and feature length. But I think with a movie like this, you kind of, you don't need a big cast. You need it to be like one or two people because you don't have a lot of time for character development and all that kind of shit. You know, you just need to kind of, all right, here's what the guy is, get to know him a little bit, and now let's get to it. You know, you don't want to spend too much time on that because you don't you don't have that time. And they also had the perk of, you know, like not having to sit around and do two shots, uh, reactions, all that. Um, that being said, though, I think I think to me the, the, the best scene for me, uh, well, at least one of the best scenes, was that, that head-crushing scene, which was a dream, as it turns out. I think another really good one was when uh, basically Jason stabs Kyle with the machete. Like, he basically runs him through, right? But then Kyle also caught Jason right in the throat with the axe and yeah. you don't realize that until you see blood coming out of Jason's mask, like pouring out of the holes of the bottom of the mask. And then they both fall down at the same time. I thought that was a pretty well done scene. I, you know, if we're picking uh, favorite scenes, mine would be when Kyle hit Jason with a chair and then he was <laughs> countered by, uh, uh, Jason choke slamming him through the table. You just see Jim Ross slide in. Good Lord Almighty! <laughs> that killed him. There's another scene in there where Jason looked like he was doing some judo. Like he blocked the. Uh, he had a weapon of some kind. I mean, Kyle did, I guess, or something. And he was he was going in at him, and then he. And by the way, the knife when he had the knife, he was going in at him, and then Jason mm. blocked it with his wrist, and, like tossed him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just. <laughs> yeah, I do like that right after that, though, whenever uh, he caught Jason in the throat with that axe and then he fell down and then but he managed Kyle manages to get away. And as he's getting away, he looks back and Jason takes the axe out of his throat or the side of his neck. And then he's looking at him. He's like, oh, fuck this. And then runs away. <laughs> and then he and then he uh, then he snaps his fingers and says, you should aim for the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. They, oh, wait, wait. I, I'm thinking about a different. Movie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, they never, <sighs> they never finished the job anyway. So, because you can't, he's an immortal killing machine. The end. Um, <laughs> a couple scenes in here where, like, Kyle stole Jason's maneuver. 
like when uh, he was laying on the ground in that scene, one scene or whatever, and Jason turned around to get the machete or whatever, and then he turned around and then Kyle wasn't there. He was gone. Yeah, <laughs> he got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. There's one other scene I remember what it was where it's kind of like that, sort of, you know, he's, he's taking Jason's maneuvers. Going back, against. going back to that one scene where Jason, like, kind of, I guess, pushes him slash throws him out of that second story door. What was the explanation of why that door was there anyways? I forget. Like he said something. This, this is why he they said uh, they it was something for moving furniture up into the, um, yeah, it was a door, a door to nowhere, but whatever he yeah, does, but, whether, whether he kicked him or threw him something. And then he, the dude falls out of the window or the yeah. door. I'm sorry. But then like he's scrambling on the ground just to grab his, camera like what the fuck <laughs> dude somebody just chunked your ass out a second story door fuck that camera no, you need to right. run for your life you know you see jason uh well i mean you don't really see him jump out but you basically just see him land but he doesn't it doesn't seem like he bends his knees at all he just like bam just... <laughs> <laughs> well you like, see jason actually said something right there they just cut it out yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, Elaine said parkour. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, Jason's not supposed to talk. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. I really did like. Uh, I liked it overall, and the you know the ending. Um, so I guess there really is no conclusion on what we think of the ending. There, I mean, what 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 did you what you guys think of? Uh, basically, like like you got a couple dream se- dream sequences, and then uh, Tommy is driving the ambulance and. Kyle is strapped to a gurney in the back. And I think he says, Tommy says something like, I'll get us out of here. Whatever he says, he he delivers some line. Remember me, asshole. Yeah. And then takes off. We're getting out of here, kid. Whatever the fuck he said. And then took off down the road. And basically it ends with Jason standing there, staring at him, drive away. Or no, no, he's stalking after him. him. Yeah. He, well, as Jason chases, he's just walking. He's stomping away. (laughs) He's just, as a drone shot, you see the ambulance pulling off and he's stalking out. So what did you, I mean, I guess for a movie like this, this is appropriate as an, an ending as you'll get anyways, right? For a, a fan yeah. film. So that leaves it open for, well, we, we can keep doing this all day. <laughs> I mean, for me, I really wish I would have stuck with that first dream sequence where they, you know, he crushes the kid's head. And, I mean, I know it's bleak, but, you know, <laughs> but it's, you, you it's can, chasing, it's a fan film. You can do bleak if you want, you know, yeah, it doesn't have to have a rosy ending. Yeah, that that would also, have been. the name of the movie is "Don't uh, uh, Never Hike Alone." <laughs> yeah, that'll teach you kids. <laughs> Bring somebody else out there to get murdered with you. Yeah, because obviously, "Never Hike Alone." The dude that delivers the line is the uh, I think Axel, right? The ambulance guy. Yeah. This mm. is why you don't hike alone, or whatever the fuck he said. So yeah, <laughs> that's when they should have said the end credits right there when he said it. <laughs> Like I always say, they should turn to the camera, smile and give a thumbs up, and then go to credits right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think we all enjoyed it in various various ways. So, uh, Donnie, I guess we'll toss to you first. What's your star rating? Thoughts? Oh, man. Yeah, this was fun. You know, you know we've, uh, we, we spoke about it a bit, uh, before this being the shortest movie we've ever done. But but even, even still, like, it was really well done. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, didn't have, you know, didn't have quite as much, um, I guess, uh, gore and, um, uh, which I will, we'll get to and the kill count we'll get to, but, uh, um, still it, it was, it was fun. I would, 
you know, if nobody's seen it, uh, you know, obviously we spoiled it for you, but uh, definitely <laughs> re- recommend you, you know, check it out. And I, I know I'll be checking out the um, uh, the second one, uh, Never Hike in the Snow. I'll be checking that out. Um, but yeah, um, like this one, it was, uh, um, you know, liked it for all the reasons I, I mentioned. My star rating is about three and a quarter. Will, what do you think? I definitely agree with a lot of stuff. You know, Donnie just said, I mean, honestly, this is probably the first fan film I've ever sat down and watched. Uh, this is probably too high of a, a production quality to, to, to be able to judge any other fan film on. As far as the acting, you know, like we said before, uh, the the main guy is really good. Uh, you know, Jason does what Jason does, and I guess it's kind of hard, you know, especially for those other, other actors to kind of, what I'm assuming is, come in cold and probably have two hours to kind of do their scenes. Yeah. That's definitely like shot in one day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did not like the, the dream sequence. I think if you cut that entire thing out, I would hold this movie in such a higher, uh, realm than, than what I guess I'll end up going with. I, I'm going to go, I want to do two and three quarters. It's definitely good. It's definitely worth watching. It's just that, that ending, disappointed me. Professor, what, what do you have to say about it? Uh, yeah, I would, for the budget, I think it did a great job. As we'd already talked about some of the shots in here, some of those cool, I think they're like, obviously probably done with the, uh, with the drone, but there were cool overhead shots. I like those going into it. At one point, we already talked about this, you know, he's in the Jeep and he stops and he's, he grabs his camera, he's talking into the camera. I'm like, oh shit, here it is. Like you said, yeah, this, this is going to be a found footage film from this point on. And, and at that point, I would, you know, kind of disengage a little bit because like you said, we, I don't have a, anything really great against sound footage films other than the market was inundated with them after uh, Blair Witch. So that pretty much soured me on it after like a thousand different, you know, sound footage films that come out at the time. So, so I was glad to see that they didn't, he was just a vlogger and, you know, they didn't go down that road too far. They, they managed to split the, the camera work between his vlogging and his, and the steady cam slash whatever as he's running through the woods, you know, he didn't get the, you didn't get the headache-inducing shaky cam stuff like uh, like Blair Witch. So I was happy to see that didn't go down that road. Kill scene. I mean, they had twenty thousand dollars budget to work with, so and they didn't have a, him and then the, the people at the end of the movie. So you didn't have a lot of room there for a uh, high body count and splatter effects. I mean, there was some gore, but not you know, as Donnie mentioned, it's not uh, over the top or even in the realm of your typical '80s slasher movie. You know, just because there's only him and Jason, and then at the end. I would. I thought though at the end they maybe could have had a a better chance to show some gore against you know with those with the two guys with the two ambulance people Axel and Morgan I think her name was which by the way that's another reference uh, Axel was a, there was an ambulance driver and a nurse in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four the final chapter and his name was Axel and he was also very much like that I think he was looking at a Playboy as well and very cocky sort of humorous character or whatever. Uh, so that was a cool little nod, a little Easter egg there. And then uh, Jason's makeup, we talked about it when his mask gets knocked off. He looked pretty cool. I mean, you couldn't really tell, determine whether he was undead Jason or not. So, I mean, that was, I thought they did a good job of balancing out things to where it doesn't really matter whether it's continuity or following Friday 13th canon. I think he just picked and chose what he wanted to be in there, you know, stuff about Pamela Voorhees. He wanted Tommy Jarvis for part six because he got Tom Matthews, but. I think he just picked and choose what he wanted for the movies and didn't really care about 
continuity or whatever. So, and I was fine with that. Uh, yeah, the ending though, again, it was as you said. It was <laughs> once Axel and Morgan, you know, come into it, not the greatest of actors. So that does like kind of take you out of what he's built on before that. I, I, I agree with the uh, the bleak ending would have been better. I think, you know, as Will was saying, like that if they had just ended it pretty much on the on him coming up and mashing his head like a grape or a watermelon or whatever, I've been fine with that too. As it stands, I think mine will probably echo uh, Will. I'll go with uh, two and three quarter stars for me as well. For myself, um, I think I'm just going to go on even three because I'm kind of in between uh, all you guys, you know, but, but I agree with everything you've said. Uh, I think, you know, for what this is, it's, it's very well done. Um, I think the dream sequences, you know, those two scenes that you see there, I think they were done well. It was cool looking, you know, but it didn't really have anything to do with anything in the end, other than just here's an excuse to throw some gore in the, in the movie because we haven't really had any. And the way this is going to end is going to be fairly positive. I mean, obviously the two ambulance drivers or the two medics, they die, but you know, they're not necessarily extremely gruesome deaths. And there had to be at least one because it's a Jason movie, you know, (laughs) there's gotta be at least one grisly death. So, all right, well, Kyle's going to survive. So let's, let's, let's have our one grisly scene be a dream sequence, but you know, at least there's a little bit there, you know? So I, I think it's, you know, it's well done. It's well done. It is what it is. It's a fan film. So for that, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, I, it's a short fan film, so I don't know if I'd go out of my way to watch it again. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it again, but you know, I've seen it. So there's not, there, there's not a lot of replay here, you know? So, but I think I enjoyed it for what it was. So I think a solid three, uh, on my scale is, is warranted. So Donnie, I guess we'll, uh, we'll throw for, we'll throw to you first. Connections. Connections. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> the the Crypt Keeper, apparent, I'm sorry, the dogs are not a, are not a fan of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just looked up from when, because I just fed them. Uh, yeah, anyway. They just looked up like, what the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> well, I would too if I'd never heard the Crypt Keeper before, and then you hear yeah. that fucking cackle. Yeah, I don't think they have. Yeah, probably not. They have. But, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, Crypt <laughs> What's this no, movie um, again? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so we've got... Uh, we got the same number of uh, connections basically across the board. There's uh, three different uh, connections. You've got Sean Sean S. Cunningham, Victor Miller uh, for Friday the 13th, the original. Um, and then you also have got uh, Tom Matthews for uh, Return of the Living Dead, like you mentioned earlier. So, yeah, that's, that's, those are the only three, you know, uh, cast, I'm sorry, crew connections. Uh, there, there were no cast connections at all. All right, so, uh, well, I guess we'll throw it to you for... The music is very appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got the 19 from that one scene plus the 7 from the the closing. So, (laughs) carry the 1, 2. 2, yeah. Total (laughs) 2. I think that sounds about right, considering it was a a cast of five, and yeah, 
That was it. And I think it is funny though that the two that died were not like grizzly at all, and then they they neither of and them happened. Yeah, and neither of them happened on camera. Like one, you never even saw what the fuck happened to her, right? You just know she's dead. Yeah. And, and then she got the, pulled out and then just laid down. On yeah, the you hear some noises, but you don't see it. And then him, he just comes across like holding his throat with blood, like you know, and then falls over. <laughs> so now, yeah, the two people that die is not, you know, horrible considering. Um, but anyways, that naturally leads us to you, Smoke. Gore score. Well, uh, with that body count. Uh, pretty much determines what the gore score is going to be since the body count was like I, well and actually technically that body count was two but those two were basically off screen and not that gory anyways the goriest part in it was the dream sequence thing when he smashes his head oh yeah by far uh, yeah that, that was the goriest scene and then there was uh besides that there was stabbing uh when he got stabbed with a machete and then he chopped jason the neck at the same time minor gore but uh oh i, mean, oh, I can i can know, think I can think of one. I don't know if you you were going to mention it or not, but I can think of one that was kind of gave you a little bit of a ugh, was uh, when he's sewing his own wound up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah, one of those kind of like that makes you wince, wince or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anytime you see somebody sewing up their skin like Rambo and you know First Blood. Yeah. Or uh, I don't know. It's been used plenty of movies. And every yeah, time yeah, you but, see it, you're like, ow. But yeah, every time it doesn't matter. It's like. Even if you were just watching yeah. somebody get a paper cut, you're like, oh, fuck, I feel that. You know, like, so, yeah, it's, you can show that yeah. in every movie, and you're always going to be like, ugh. Next scene in a yeah. Terrifier movie is uh, Al the Clown taking a piece of paper and just cutting somebody up. Yeah, he's just holding people's <laughs> fingers open, like, you know, in the Spock, uh, you know, live long and prosper thing, and just paper cuts in between. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. By the way, I said Al. It's Art, right? Uh, Art the Clown, Art, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> What'd you say, Hal? Yeah. Oh, how the clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how, how did you already get the script for Terrifier 2? <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. But, uh, oh, yeah, also there was a, uh, what was it, there was near the beginning, or closer in, there was, oh, no, well, there was the barbed wire. That's the only other gore I can think of, and that wasn't that gory. Whenever yeah. he, when he tore his leg on the barbed wire fence. Yeah. I, well, that's where he had, that's what he had to sew up. Though, yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah. That's the only other thing I can think of. Well, and the the, the corpse. Yeah. yeah. Very very brief. Like this 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 doesn't count into the gore score, but I just thought about this too. As was was that bed? Was that supposed to be Jason's bed? Like, did he sleep? I guess if you like, still was- maybe they're still operating on some kind of premise that this is a this is a dude that still lives out in the woods and they just came to fuck with him kind of thing, you know, like in the first couple movies. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, in part two, see, I, that's why I think he was just, I mean, I know I've gone off on a tangent without the gore score thing, but I mean, <laughs> and that's why I think he's picking and choosing kind of cherry picking his favorite types of you know pieces from the different movies, like yeah. part two, whatever his house, his shack was out in the woods. You know, of course he was still alive. Well, I mean, technically <laughs> he's been dead since he was a child. Right. So, I mean, whatever, but I mean, Whatever, but that's where you, you get to that weird continuity thing between the first movie and the second movie, where he he jumps out of the water and then he's a kid, and then all of a sudden in the second one he's a full grown man that lives out in the woods and ha- has his, in the woods in his jacket and he has his mom's mom's yeah. yeah until part when he technically I guess gets killed for the second time it don't count as drowning it's, it, it's all cuckoo kachu yeah <laughs> so is it, but, is, anyway is the whole Jason is the whole 
is the whole Jason series just a really old man telling everybody to get off his lawn? Yeah, it's really the story of Crazy Ralph. Let's let's get to the meat of the bone here. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Smoke. That's what this that's what this movie was lacking. It did not have a Ralph character. As most other Fridays have had, if they didn't have Ralph, like it was in the first and yeah. second one, I believe, right? Yeah, if it, well, yeah the first Ralph. two, yeah, first two. <laughs> they had somebody saying, don't go up there, don't go out there, you know. Death curse, yeah. Well, there, yeah, there was always some I, asshat, yeah. I don't know why you'd go up there. Well, they saved money, they made a sign. Yeah, no trespassing. <laughs> By the way, that was the most pleasant tres- no trespassing sign I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to be nice. Yeah. And also, when they came across the sign too, they came when they came across the Camp Crystal Lake sign. I'm like, that doesn't look like Camp Crystal Lake sign. And then then they uh, have the actual Camp Crystal Lake sign yeah. hanging above the. That fire. one looks like it was made out of popsicle sticks. <laughs> the macaroni that uh, kids do. <laughs> <Just> macaroni art. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was disappointed when that first sign popped up. I'm like, what is that Camp Crystal Lake sign? Yeah. Bullshit. It's supposed to be the yellow sign with the you know. <laughs> And this this, this whole so fan, this whole movie that they've made with their own money and made no money off of it is horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. I sound like I'm like talking shit about it and all that stuff, and I mean, I mean, but overall, our rate, our ratings speak themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three quarters and threes and three and a quarter. So yeah. By the way, by the way, since you mentioned that, the consensus score there was two point nine four. So you can, you can, uh, you know, level up and say we gave it three stars overall. But I guess eventually I'll get to the gore score. Yeah, so there you go. What's what, what's the gore score for it, Smoke? Uh, I think I'm going to go with a four, and that's only and it's because you know it's mainly because of that head squishing scene in the in the bar, in the throwing up skin scene. The other ones were sort of incidental little flesh wounds that he got along along the way. Yeah, and the fact there's only two people really, it's two body count, and one the head smash was a dream, dream sequence. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to go with a four only just because of the lack of if there had been more of people for him to kill, I'm sure it would have gotten a higher score. But, you know, again, we're talking about $20,000 budget. You can tell that it was, that budget was well spent already on what was in the movie. If he'd done a bunch of splatter effects, it would have been considerably more. Yeah. I mean, like, like we said, we, we, we gave our ratings. We all enjoyed it. We gave it a three. Um, but I, I, I'll make the one last point. It is weird that there's not more gore than there is here. Maybe that's just because of the budget constraints. Maybe it's as simple as that, but it seems like if you're going to do this and there's no rules, there's no ratings. You know what I mean? Like, you can just fucking go to town. You can just do whatever you want to do because it's for fun. It seems like you'd go a little crazier than they did, but... It's like you would sink some of that 20000 or more of that 20000 into score. It's yeah. A good platter. That, yeah. And maybe that's but, the... I mean, maybe, once again, that's the answer. They put it into quality because it looks... The quality of it oh, looks... Yeah. It's well done. So maybe that's where the money and the time is spent as opposed to let's just make this shit bloody... Instead of buckets of blood, they spend it on, you know, quality editing and cameras. So, um, yeah, but, you know, I, I think, like I said, our, our ratings speak for themselves. It is what it is. We enjoyed it. And, uh, hey, maybe this is the, uh, you know, the first of many fan films that we get around to uh, here on the Spook Show. I mean, I'm, 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 this gives me, a, this leaves a good taste in my mouth, you know, enough to go check out uh, the other ones that they've done here and uh, maybe some other fan films. So maybe that's something that we can do off and on every once in a while. Is uh, get one of these in. So, so really, I guess that's uh, that'll pretty much put a bow on uh, uh, Never Hike Alone. Now, next week, oh boy, next week we return to Cannon Fodder, our, our Cannon Film series, and we're going to be talking about one of Donnie's favorite movies of all time, Hot Chili <laughs> from 1985. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. This is going to be a blast, but not because we actually had to watch it. It's just going to be a blast because we get to talk about it. So <laughs> now I'll read the synopsis over on IMDb because uh, <laughs> this, this tells you all you need to know. A group of American teenage boys go south of the border to work for the summer at a Mexican resort. There they encounter many wacky guests and have zany adventures involving a German dominatrix, a music teacher that gets hot when giving lessons, a buxom cook, and an uptight socialite. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. There's even more to read here. For some reason, they put a really long one on IMDb, but I'm going to stop there because it's, uh, it's giving too much of the deep plot away, but you get the point. Um, now, we're, we, we are, this is part of Camp Spook Show, but I'm going to add before we check out here, we could not find, and we even talked to Austin Trunick, author of the Canon Film Guide, you know, Volume 1 and 2. He couldn't think of a summer camp-themed movie that Canon had done. We had Hot Chili and another movie called Hot Resort, which to me basically looked like the same damn movie. Uh, <laughs> these were the closest we could get to a summer camp film for Canon Fodder. So that's why we, we kind of landed on Hot Chili, and that's why we're doing it so yeah, we're, I know we're kind of breaking our own rule here for Camp Spook Show, but this is the closest we could find. So, uh, believe me, we tried, but this is this is the best we could do. So, I guess if this is the best we can do, this is what we're all stuck with. So, next week, hot chili will be served here on the Spook Show. So, so yeah, thanks for uh, listening this week. Everyone, enjoy Independence Day here in the United States. And uh, come back next week for Cannon Fodder. Uh, it's now 9.30... And that's lights out time, 9.30 as you know. Tomorrow is Parents' Day and you must look rested or Morty will be sent to the state penitentiary.